Side Hustle Show 190, how a former hairdresser turned her side hustle into a six-figure business. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Today, we got a side hustle success story, but we also want to peel back the layers and figure out how Rachel made this happen. She'll tell you it was a sprint, a, a sprint to six figures, but it didn't happen overnight. Rachel Peterson is a former hairdresser, a mom of two, and she recently quit her job to run her social media marketing agency full-time. In this episode, she shares how she got that done, including how she landed more than 30 grand worth of work just from LinkedIn. Stay tuned to hear how she figured out what service she could offer, the interesting way she landed her first and still her largest client, and how she prices her services today. Notes and links for this one, plus a free PDF highlight reel you can download, are at sidehustlenation.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is the affordable small business accounting software for side hustlers and freelancers like Rachel with invoicing and time tracking built right in. Uh, you can get started with your 30-day free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. I'm going to be back to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks plus my top takeaways from the chat with Rachel after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I was a very successful hairdresser in upscale Minneapolis, Minnesota salon. And one day a client sat down in my chair and she mentioned that her and her husband owned a company. And we started to talk about social media. At this point, I was using social media to bring clients into my chair by posting gorgeous photos, reaching out to new people, offering specials and offers. But I wasn't using it with any rhyme or reason. I just knew that somehow if I put stuff out there, it kind of worked. So you were like kind of an intrapreneur underneath this salon. Oh, always. Secretly, I had these dreams of owning my own salon or something. There had to be something bigger. Is that how it works? Like, are you in charge of like bringing in your own clients? For the most part, yeah. If your salon has a good name, it'll draw in its own clients, but most stylists are responsible for drawing in and retaining their own clientele. Interesting. I met somebody at a podcast movement and that was her business. It was like, I'm the you know, stylist or hairdresser matchmaker. And she's like, gave some stat, like the average woman is with her hairdresser like longer than longer than she's with her husband. You know? It's really true. I found a good hairdresser. I am never leaving her. She's amazing. That's how it is. And it's scary when you move to a new state or something, you have to be rematched. That makes sense. That's a really cool, that's a really cool industry. <laughs> okay. So she, so you're doing the social media stuff kind of on a personal level for your job. Yeah. And I'll be honest, Nick, at that point, I didn't know much else except that there was a Facebook, there was an Instagram. I didn't know anything about hashtags or any strategy. I just knew that something was working. So one day a client sat in my chair and she mentioned that her and her husband owned this small little chicken chain was what she made it sound like. Well, fast forward to today. And I know now that it's actually a multi-million dollar franchise corporation. It wasn't exactly a small little chicken chain, but she asked if I could help with their social media. And I said, you know what, what the heck? I'll, I'll come over to your house and help you out with the social media. Was this like some Zaxby's mogul or like Chick-fil-A or something? It's similar. It's very famous in the Southeast. It's called Mrs. Winner's Chicken and Biscuits. Okay. Oh, I think I have heard of that. I can picture their logo. Yes, exactly. That was my very first social media client. Okay. So you say, well, I've been doing this a little bit on my own. And so what gave you the confidence to say, yeah, I can do this for some giant restaurant chain? 
I guess there's there has to be a little bit of crazy as an <laughs> entrepreneur. You kind of have to just say, I'm not sure if I'm 100% ready, but we're just going to go for it. And I'm going to learn along the way. There are going to be mistakes. And there were. But ultimately, I went to their house and set up all their social media and just started tweeting and posting to Facebook. Okay. What, what did that package look like? How did you set up that engagement in terms of your responsibilities? How much are you going to charge them? And really to get that thing off the ground. You know, at that point, I had no idea how to price myself or package myself or if I was going to find more clients. So I was either charging like 10 or $15 an hour oh, wow. and I was adding up all of my hours that I spent on it. And I think I was making like $75 paychecks every two weeks. And ultimately, I realized this isn't something that's sustainable. I can't keep charging 10 or $15 an hour and make this a full-time career. <laughs> this is not sustainable. I can't live on $75. But it was a good starting place, and it was nice a little bit of side income. It paid for gas, and I thought it was exciting. No, absolutely. And there's something empowering about making that first sale, you know, whether it's you know, at $10 or whether it's at $100. So I, I like that. So, so did you have to go back to Mrs. Winters and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I got to charge you guys more? You know, they are actually still my biggest clients. We have scaled together over the last three years. And so everything has grown. Their company has grown. My relationship with them has grown. They're my largest client to this day. So I obviously didn't stay at 10 to $15 per hour. They're a little bit unlike any other client because they kept raising my rates for me and helping me to kind of realize, oh, this is valuable what I'm doing. Well, that's nice of them to voluntarily pay you more. That's not the norm, though. I will tell <laughs> you that. It was a really great experience. I actually left hairdressing knowing that I wanted to become a marketing professional. At first, I tried getting my own clients and had no idea where to start. I was like calling local businesses, and I totally fell on my face and realized I had to get a job because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have an idea of how to scale. And so I took on a full-time job first for a digital marketing agency, which side note, I had no degree in marketing. I had no experience in marketing except for this little thing on social media. But I went online, I went to Google University, which isn't a real university. I spent tons of time <laughs> scouring podcasts and blogs and learning all I could on Google until I felt like I had an understanding of what marketing really was. Okay. And so they, these, this company hired you, said, oh, you're, you're self-taught, but we're okay with that. Yep. And then I actually went to, from there, a technology company and worked as their director of marketing. So I took a step up there from being a marketing professional to being the director of the marketing department. And that was all self-taught. It was kind of cool. But a lot of that was actually done using my LinkedIn and making sure that my LinkedIn accurately portrayed the skills and knowledge that I had learned. Okay. So LinkedIn was no longer focused on being an excellent hairdresser. It was focused on being an excellent social media marketing person. You got it. Making that shift, optimizing my profile, it helped me to score a job that technically could have been out of my range at that point. Okay. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, 
I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, let's boil this down for people listening, deciding what service you could offer. So this is something, you know, I'm kind of self-taught, but I'm, I think there's a demand here. Now, was the, the chicken company still your only client during this time while you're working the new marketing job? They were, but the moment I started at my new marketing job, I started to realize what I didn't like about working in a nine to five. I didn't like working in a cubicle. I didn't like having other people tell me when I needed to be there and when I needed to leave. I was just an entrepreneur at heart. And so I started to search for systems and find ways to find new clients. And I I tried some different ways. I tried um, Upwork.com and a couple of other freelancing websites. Some people have had great luck. I didn't. But then I found a system that worked really, really well for me. So I took it. I repeated it and I scaled. So I went from having Mrs. Winters as my only client to having five clients and realizing, oh my goodness, this is actually a possibility. I could leave my nine to five in the next few months. Well, let's hear it. What's the, what's the system? Well, the system is all based on one platform that most people don't tap into. It is so powerful and that is LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, for those of you who aren't super familiar with how to use it, is one of the most powerful ways to secure clients, partnerships, interview opportunities, guest blogging opportunities, whatever it is that you're wanting to find, you can find it with LinkedIn. So what you have to do is embrace a like a lion mindset, which is a LinkedIn open networker, but you don't have to put it on your profile. I know you've seen people who like say lion, proud lion, 30,000 plus connections. I've never heard of the LinkedIn, what's the LinkedIn open networker? Yeah, LinkedIn open networker. They call themselves lions and they wear like a badge. It's kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> All right, keep listening to Rachel because she's about to lay down some interesting hacks for LinkedIn. But when you're done, I want you to check out episode 86 of the Side Hustle Show, sidehustlenation.com slash 86, where Joshua Jordison lays down some really, really good stuff on how to get the most out of LinkedIn. He kind of does a live audit of my profile and says how I can be better utilizing it to uh, generate more leads, generate more business, get more signups from my email list, all that sort of stuff. All right, here's Rachel. But you have to embrace that mindset with LinkedIn. I want you to imagine that LinkedIn is like a networking party. When you go to a networking party, what is the ultimate goal? It's to meet new people. So if you go to a networking event and you see a couple of your friends and you sit with your friends the entire time and you say, oh no, I can't talk to any of those people. I don't know them. That defeats the whole purpose of the networking event. The goal is to meet new people, find new conversations. You can start up potential clients or relationships or plant seeds. You can learn about other people. LinkedIn is exactly the same way. I consider it a digital networking party. Okay. So on LinkedIn, what I did is I started connecting with people based on who LinkedIn recommended to me, running advanced searches, reaching out to presidents, CEOs, owners of companies. And once they connected with me, I made sure my entire profile was optimized with keywords that showed exactly what I knew. You know, I know Instagram, I know strategy, I know at that time like SEO and PPC, 
all the different types of skills that I would potentially want to use for a client. Then once they connected, I would send them just a really nice message and ultimately build a relationship that isn't based on sales immediately. It's more discovering their needs. And I found that there was a great response to those LinkedIn messages. I'm going to link up Rachel's profile in the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Rachel. So you can check out how she has that set up and what she's talking about when she's talking about the, the keywords and her areas of expertise. And also, I want to make, I think this is one of the most important distinctions of LinkedIn in that, like on Facebook, it's weird to get a friend request from somebody you don't know. But on LinkedIn, people are much more open to that. And Rachel has used that to her advantage. Okay, walk me through this. Are you sending an immediate connection request or sending a a message beforehand? You know, so I send the connection request cold. And some people love it and some people are not a fan of that. But like I said, if you embrace that networking mindset, you're going to be open to it. Most people are pretty open to a cold connection request on LinkedIn, which is kind of surprising. Now, there is a button to click like, hey, I don't know this person or something. Like, does that ever get your account in trouble? You know, it's been close. I've had a message once, and this was only one month when I was going incredibly aggressively. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I sent out thousands of connection requests that month, and I did get a couple of notifications from LinkedIn that said you are reaching your limit of I don't know. So they give you a warning before they like totally shut you down? Yeah, but the funny thing is, obviously, that threshold has to be high because I went pretty hard that month. And only towards the end of the month got in trouble, but it does reset every single month. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So you send the cold connection request and then you follow up uh, with a message. Yep, exactly. As soon as they connect, I take a moment to look at their company, see what they're about, and then send them a message that's personalized for them. And let me just preface this with saying, this is not those spammy messages everyone gets on LinkedIn. You know, those four paragraph things that are me, 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 this is my offer. This is what I'm selling. Go to my website, follow me. Mm -hmm. That is not what I'm saying should be done. (laughs) So what I write is a very personalized message. It's very short, a couple of sentences, very warm. And I make sure that everything is customized for the exact target. So then once you send the message, some people respond, others don't. And some people say, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Do you have an example script of what that might sound like? Yeah, it would literally be as simple as introducing yourself. Hi, so-and-so. Thank you so much for connecting with me. I noticed that you are working with this company. What types of projects are you guys currently working on? I'd love to hear about your social media efforts. Warmest regards, Rachel. That simple. Okay. Very, very short. If you know a little more about the company, you can drop it in the message as well. It doesn't have to be a crazy long paragraph, though. Okay. And so you're specifically targeting like leadership at any industry, any company? Like what what was your filtering uh, criteria for starting out? Oh, at first it was shotgun approach. I went everywhere and, you know, I learned quickly which companies were not interested, what industries were not interested. So I learned to take out, for example, like law firms (laughs) kind of just as a rule. Okay. And this is just for me. For other people, it might be different, but real estate design, creative, marketing. So I added all of those as negative keywords and then started searching for the exact industries I liked. Another cool thing about LinkedIn is it opens your sphere to different areas. Let's say the market in Minnesota is particularly competitive in marketing, which it is. It's a very marketing heavy state. Okay. Well, I can reach out to people in California or Texas or New York because I know 
that it's a lot more expensive to hire someone for the exact services that I offer. It can sometimes be twice as much. So I use that in my criteria for reaching out to these decision makers at companies. Interesting. So if you get a bite, if you get somebody to write you back, what do they typically say? Like, oh, you know, we're working on Project XYZ and, you know, here's our social media presence or something. There's, it's usually one of two responses. It's either we're not working on any projects right now. Thank you. Have a great day. And they quickly just say like they're not interested. And in that case, you can open up the conversation about something else just to continue the conversation and show it wasn't just about social media. I'd love to learn about your company. Sure. But sometimes people respond and they would say, oh my gosh, we were just talking the other day about how we need to increase our social media presence. Would love to hear more about what you're doing. And they'll write a ton. They'll write an entire saga about everything they're doing with social media. And my response to that is always, this is great. Thank you for sharing this information with me. Let's set up a call. I'd love to chat about how I could benefit your company. Okay. Trying to get him on the phone is the next step. That's, that's kind of funny is like your is being in the right place at the right time. Like, you, you know, yes. not everyone is going to be ready to buy, but hey, it's a touch point getting in front of somebody and hey, you know, they're, especially if they're, you know, you're targeting decision makers, you know, people high up, high enough up to be able to tell you and, and make a hiring decision. And that was part of my rationale with targeting those decision makers that are high up within companies. Now, I wouldn't like target the CEO of Kraft Foods because obviously that's inappropriate. That's not the right level. But the CEOs, presidents of established small businesses, absolutely go for it. They're still hands on enough that they know the operations and what initiatives are coming up in their company. So bottom line, what did this, and this is while you're still working, was this trying to get clients for your marketing job or was this trying to get clients for your own, for your side hustle? This was all trying to get clients for my side hustle. Okay. So I was actually working eight to five. So it was longer than yeah. nine to five. I was working every single day and I spent my lunch break, my, you know how people take smoke breaks, but my smoke break, <laughs> my computer sitting there sending out these connect requests and messages. I was up late and I would spend all of my free time just going and going and going until I saw the results that I wanted. Once I got the first one, I realized this is absolutely something that's scalable repeat. Let's do it again. And I kept doing the process until I had secured $32,000 worth of clients while working my nine to five. Wow. 32 grand. Uh, that's, that's not bad on one, on one platform, one tactic. Exactly. It was all on LinkedIn. And then you said this was five clients. This is not like a hundred different clients. No, no. You know, after doing the 10 to $15 an hour, <laughs> <laughs> I realized that that wasn't sustainable. It wasn't scalable at all. I would be working more than a nine to five making less money. And so I did raise my rates. I tried different packaging services. And what worked for me at that time was to create custom packages for each potential client based on their own needs. So there wasn't a one package fits all. It was more something where I discovered their needs, put a package together, sent it off in a proposal, and then waited to hear back with some follow-up. Okay. Did you present like kind of a the traditional like three-tiered small, medium, large like pricing plans or just say hey, this is based on what we talked about, this is what I think you could use, and here's the price? I just did the one. I'll be honest. I'm not a sales expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of sales coaches who are like, no. No, no. It's good to hear like both, you know, both yeah. sides. No, I just sent out the one type of package. Now looking back, yeah, I wish I had done three different tiers. Like this is my gold, silver, platinum, whatever, you know, but I just did the one package for each client and it minimized my time up front, made it really easy to work with every single client, send off the proposal and wait to hear back. 
Now, the next bit of this challenge is delivering the goods while still working that eight to five. So there's selling strategy and selling hands-on like tactile. I will be posting on Facebook for you. I will be creating your Instagram images and stuff. Is that the kind of work that you signed yourself up for? Yep, exactly. I did content curation and creation and posting and strategy and all of that. And as soon as I started signing clients, I realized, okay, I'm going to be hustling pretty hard here. And the moment I signed all of those clients, I realized that I was very close to making the same amount of money as my nine to five. So I just stepped it into high gear. I said, this is a sprint. This is not a marathon. And if I hustle really, really hard for just a short amount of time, I'll be out of my nine to five and I'll have 40 to 50 extra hours per week to focus on this. This sounds like a pretty intense period. This, this is the eight-month drowning period, or what, what, what time are we talking about on here? Let's see. That was eight months ago till six months ago. And you have two young kids at home. Oh, I'm sorry. It was three months ago. So, yes, I have two young kids. So I did not get a lot of sleep during that time. It was only five months, but that time flew by, and I felt like I was kind of a zombie, but I just had this goal in mind of leaving. It was all I wanted. And I there was this image I had in my head of, bringing my daughter to school this fall for her first year of school and picking her up from school. And that was what I kept focusing on. And now she starts school this month and I'll be ready for it. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Now you have that, like you said, that extra 40, 50 hours a week to dedicate to the business. And if you were used to doing it in a quarter (laughs) of the time, uh, you got all this time in the world now. Yes. So you asked what it felt like to be doing all of that client work while still trying to find clients, while still working in my nine to five. It kind of felt like I was drowning while holding a laptop over my head, <laughs> trying not to get the keyboard wet. Yeah, that's that's kind of the challenge. But it's interesting. I mean, hey, side hustle nation, like we're used to the hard work. But at the same time, I think a lot of people would try and ramp that up a little bit slower <laughs> to avoid that like drowning period. But to each their own, hey, you got out, you got out in record time. You got it. And I don't recommend that process for anyone unless you can handle a ton for a short amount of time and you enjoy doing things very quickly and seeing results right away. Yeah. The advantage, I think, is you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. You could say, hey, I, you know, if I can set set this up in such a way that, you know, the business is now, did you set these up as recurring, you know, recurring contracts or is this like a one time engagement? I'm going to run this campaign for you. It was recurring contracts at that time. So some were on six-month contracts, some were on one-year contracts, and some were on month-to-month contracts. Okay, so so that puts a little bit less risk in the the typical freelancer struggle of feast or famine, or like, you know, I have to go out and, uh, well, my friend always uses the phrases like eat what you kill or something. It's like, you know, I'm going to go have to hustle for clients every month. (laughs) Yes. But you do have to ultimately, if you're on one month projects or you're only doing short term projects or campaigns, you kind of do have to always keep that sales funnel full. And so that's why I recommend the LinkedIn process. It works and it keeps your sales funnel going. There's always some conversation going. Yeah, he keeps some people at the top of the funnel through these uh, connections. Okay. Exactly. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. 
your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Um, six month engagement. So what does that look like in terms of pricing? Like, do you mind sharing how much you charge now? We said 10, 15 bucks an hour wasn't going to cut it. So what, what's the new pricing structure? The pricing structure is different for every single client. For example, I have a couple of clients whose crowdfunding campaigns I have worked on. And so like for crowdfunding campaign, it's a higher level of strategy. It's far more advanced. It takes a lot of work. You're posting five times a day versus, for example, once or twice a day. It's just a lot more intense. But then the relationship is there and you can extend the relationship past the crowdfunding campaign. So for those, you're going to see prices a little higher than $10 to $15 an hour. <laughs> At this point, I don't offer packages below $1,000 per month. And everything ranges from about $1,000 to $2,500 per client. One question I had on LinkedIn, this has come up a handful of times, is it sounded like, you know, so your, your, your marketing expertise kind of aligned well with your current job. And so there was some alignment with, you know, what, what would make sense to include on your profile where, you know, for a lot of people, their side hustle may or may not be directly related to that. And there's always this hesitation. Well, how public should I be about my side hustle? Like, and if I want to, you know, move, go down this path, you know, how do I do so without making waves at work? That is a great question. I remember the day that I made the transition in my mindset from this is something that I'm going to do you know, I'm going to grow into it. Hopefully I get some clients. And then when I started to see traction, I realized that there was that light at the end of the tunnel. So I just straight up made all of the changes to my account. I made it very, very clear that I was a social media manager, that I was available for freelance work. And I was a little worried, but I never talked about it. I just went for it because I was thinking about it. And if I had an employee and they had dreams or aspirations or something, I'd want to know about it. You know, I'd be comfortable with accepting they have their own life and they have their own passions and their own dreams. I have mine, but theirs aren't necessarily going to align with mine. So I just went for it. <laughs> and when I submitted my nine to five notice, I will say the month before, every time I went to go talk to my boss, he's like, are you quitting? And that was the way he prefaced every conversation. So I think he was expecting it. I, I feel like he, uh, he had an inkling of what was going on. He did. So it's something where I don't recommend completely shifting your LinkedIn to your side hustle until you're ready to really just start making that push. Because there is a chance that an employer could be upset. Fair enough. So what's, what's happening now? Are you still doing all of the these package deliveries, the content creation, curation yourself, or you got, you're kind of building out a little bit of a mini agency because you kind of have sold yourself as the, as the expert here. Like, do people expect you personally to be delivering the work? You know, at this point, I still deliver quite a bit of the work. I do have a virtual assistant and a couple of freelancers that I work with regularly. Okay. Um, they're also both located in Minnesota and I can see us all working together on a team so that's something that we're still figuring out. What does this look like? But I will say hiring out my first virtual assistant who could help me with email management, my notes, my files, which were out of control, that was such a relief and it saved me from wasting time. That was the best investment I made into an employee. How do you find them? 
I found that one actually, I think it was through the screw the nine to five community. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I saw her posting. Um, she's located in the Philippines. She's a really, really nice woman, couple of kids. We've really, really hit it off from the very beginning and she works so fast and I really enjoy working with her. So hiring that person helped me to leverage my time better. I still am very hands-on with my clients, which is interesting. I know a lot of people immediately jump to being hands-off, but at this point, I'm still totally fine with doing a lot of the work. Yeah. Gosh, I'm thinking from your VA's perspective, that's a super smart place to, to hang out online. Hey, these are our target customers. I'm going to join this uh, join this community. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? I mean, it's the same thing that we're doing. We're talking about just kind of at a, at a different, you know, different communities, different levels, different, different target audience. So absolutely. Um, so Rachel, what else is going on now? Now you're kind of turning around and doing the traditional thing that says, well, I had some success doing this. Now I'm going to help other people <laughs> do what I did. Yes. And I want, okay. I have to say my biggest pet peeve in online business when I first got started was <laughs> worrying, did these people actually achieve this? Or are they teaching me how to build a six figure business based on the six figure business that they built on teaching me how to build a six figure business? Yeah. You go down this, you go down this spiral. Uh -huh. <laughs> that really, really made me nervous. And I did not want to be like that. So it was important to me that I first built out my own six-figure fully booked social media management company. Once I did that, then I felt comfortable enough. Okay, I think I understand this. I think that I can give some you know, hope and encouragement and insight to other social media managers. And so I invented and created and have had so much fun with Social Media University. There's actually help that's specialized for, everything is tailored for social media managers. They come on in, we have about 50 members right now and they're all so passionate and excited. But here's the cool part about it. I've been watching my students getting their own clients based on the exact systems that I teach. So I that's know great. this is working and that is even better than just teaching something and not getting that feedback. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Now, on your side of things, have you found okay keeping the leads warm on LinkedIn, and then you know word of mouth? Are you doing any other marketing to to land customers? You know, right now I'm not doing any marketing for myself actively. You're not doing so you know your own social media. I don't know. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. <laughs> I have fun with social media. I do my own social media. I don't know if that's bringing me clients right now, but it helps okay. <laughs> establish the narrative. Oh, I absolutely do my own social media. I've got like an Instagram following of 10,000, which I'm so proud of because I have a 19-year-old sister and she thinks I'm not cool at all. Yeah, you're like Insta celebrity, man. I got, I got nobody on Instagram. Okay. I was like, look at this. And she's like, okay, now that's actually a little bit cool. I got the thumbs up from the 19-year-old sister. But other than just doing that social media, being really active in the online communities, I'm not doing any active sales or outreach at all. Everything is word of mouth at this point, and people are starting to approach me. It's like a well-oiled machine. It starts going, and then people hear about you. They refer their friends to you, and it just starts to happen. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, that's ideally what you want is to not have to necessarily worry about the top of the funnel and have people coming to you. Yes, that was exactly what I hoped would happen at some point, and it's finally been happening this last month. Well, Rachel, this is interesting stuff. Anything else that we need to know if we want to go down this path? If you want to go down the path of being a social media manager, I created an entire community. It's an online free community for social media managers. Very simply put, it's become a social media manager. And there are 3,000 other people who are in that community. It's where you can learn the latest tips and tricks and share thoughts with fellow social media managers. And then I also created the university, Social Media University. You can learn more about that on my website or in the free community. We can't wait to see you there. This is all at rachelpeterson.com? 
You got it. Peterson with a D and... And all E's. Yeah. <laughs> that's all E's. <laughs> yep, that's a D and all E's. <laughs> Very good, rachelpeterson.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip for Side Hustle Nation, decide if this is a marathon or a sprint and set your pace accordingly. Fair enough. I'm going grueling like a Oregon Trail. I love it. All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. When you apply Rachel's tips and begin to score more clients of your own, you're going to want an organized and professional way to get paid. And that's where FreshBooks comes in. Now, one thing FreshBooks really prides themselves on is their customer support. They don't have any automated phone menus and everyone in the company actually starts working in the customer service department. So you know what? Let's call them up and see what happens. Hi, thanks for calling FreshBooks. This is Richard. How can I help you today? Richard, you got me on the first ring. <laughs> For sure. We want to keep you guys on your toes, too. Well, I'll tell you what. You are live on the Side Hustle Show podcast that FreshBooks is sponsoring, and I just wanted to do a live on-air feature to see how quick you guys would pick up the phone. Um, w- real quick, awesome to meet you. What's, what do you like best about working for FreshBooks? Uh, definitely culture. <laughs> and the customer that we have to talk to every day. Well, very cool, man. Thanks so much for taking the time and, and for proving the, uh, the fanatical customer service there. Sounds good. Have a good day. <laughs> you bet. Bye-bye. Here you go. Culture and customers. You can tell Richard loves his job. If you want to try FreshBooks free for 30 days, go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle or enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30-day trial. All right. My top takeaways from this call with Rachel. Number one, Start before you're ready. Everything is learnable. When Rachel first mentioned Google University, I was like, oh man, Google's got a university now? Where's it at? And then I felt kind of dumb when she explained, that's just my nickname for the search engine. But the point she's trying to drive home is like, look, we have all this information at our fingertips. We can figure it out. Everything is figure outable. I think that's a, a Marie Forleo quote. The other thing I think Rachel did a nice job of was using her day jobs for education, for credibility. And, and for runway, for financial runway to make this thing happen. Takeaway number two was to set up recurring contracts. I have very little in my personal like business and life. Like I have very little income that's recurring month to month. And sometimes, like admittedly, that gives me some anxiety. Now, one way around that is to sign clients on a retainer like Rachel has. Takeaway number three is the point of networking is to meet new people. This was probably the biggest light bulb moment of the conversation for me when Rachel was talking about LinkedIn. If you're only connecting with people you already know, you're missing out. Like add in their search filters and the different criteria you can use. And you've got a platform with millions of potential customers that are only a couple clicks away. I really like that comment. Um, so be sure to hit up sidehustlenation.com slash Rachel to uh, take a look at Rachel's LinkedIn profile and grab the free PDF highlight reel from this conversation. And you can check out her site at rachelpeterson.com, like she said, with a D and all E's. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. As you may know, I've got a new uh, book launch coming up. And next week, we're going on a behind the scenes tour of several hit self-published books from the last couple of years. Um, really to see what helped them reach the top of the charts. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 